people on music. Uh, uh, just very, very thankful and appreciative of the, the gifts that God gives different, different ones of us and how God can use those to um, bring us together, bind us together, and, um, and, and draw us to the Lord, you know. So it's good, it's good to be, uh, be here this morning. Um, we have been talking, for those of you that, that uh, Techie, you know, you're here this morning, and, and uh, we've been talking about uh, putting on the full armor of God uh, because uh, we have a spiritual battle in our Christian life. And uh, we have to understand, uh, like, like Paul says in Ephesians, that a battle is not flesh and blood, but spiritual forces. And um, we sometimes have to remind ourselves of that, even in, a, in, even in our relationships, that uh, it, there's a spiritual battle that doesn't want us to have a good relationship, doesn't want us to have a good relationship with God, doesn't want us to have a good relationship with one another, whether that's friendships or husband and wife. Um, and, and also working together in the church. The enemy wants to disrupt all that, but he, uh, he, lost his, uh, he did lose the battle at the cross when Jesus went to the cross, but he's, not, um, he's, he's still around until Jesus comes back and he gets bound with chains in the pit of hell. So we have to be ready to fight the battle. So let's pray. And ask the Lord to help us this morning understand as we look at shotting our feet with the gospel of peace. Shotting our feet with the gospel of peace. And uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, um, would you speak to us, each of us individually? You already have this morning in our greeting time and in, in that special music that we, we were blessed with. And uh, Father, just the story of... Uh, Bach and uh, his life and his losses and then his commitment to worship and uh, in, as a musician in the church. And uh, Father, uh, we are left with that music to draw us to heaven. And Father, we're left with your word. We have your word of God, which is living and active. Help us to glean from your word today through your Holy Spirit. Father, how that we as people, believers in you, can put on this full armor. And the particular piece of equipment we're going to look at this morning is this uh, gospel of peace that you talked to us about shutting our feet with. And so, Father, I just pray that you would lead and guide this, this, this message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so let me read the scripture, and then uh, let's just... Uh, see what God has to say to uh, you personally and us corporately. Finally, uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, after writing all this letter he's written, he says, Be strong in the Lord and in his, in his mighty power, and we're to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, because of all that, he says, therefore, put on the full armor, not just a one piece, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, 
with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. We'll look at that in in the future messages with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, Paul says. We can ask, we can make that a personal request, can't we? Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, Words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, if, that, if you made that personal prayer, when we put on this armor, we will take this gospel. But when we take it, we'll take it with the peace of God and with peace with God. We will have peace with God and we will take the peace of God with us. Paul's using this description, and of course he's describing a Roman soldier. He's looking at the Roman soldiers we've talked about. And um, in case you didn't know this, and you probably read the history yourself, Roman history, but uh, the, the feet were very important in battle they had to protect their feet. What they used to do, uh, they used to uh, take uh, sticks and sharpen, put very, very sharp points on them and put them in the ground and like bury them so that you wouldn't necessarily see them. They'd be in the grass, but there were these sticks with very, very sharp points on them that as they came marching across the field, as the battle got on, if they didn't have good shoes on, they stood on one of those spikes, they'd have foot injuries. Now, if you've ever had a foot injury, you know that when your feet get injured, it makes it very difficult to get around. Plus, there are so many nerves in the feet. I mean, if you've ever been to an acupuncturist, I mean, they put, they put pins in, in your feet, and that affects the whole body. And so the, the Paul, when he's writing this, is saying that when we walk through life in our Christian life, he's liking it to uh, putting on right-fitted shoes, uh, custom-fit shoes. And um, it's interesting, too, that the Roman soldier, his, his sandals or his shoes, they had uh, uh, studs in them, studs in them, much like a football player. They have to have various studs depending on what they're playing on, what kind of surface they're playing on. Or a soccer player has studs in their boots so they can get grip on the field. And uh, that's where the Roman soldier had to have grip. They would take the heaviest of the men down into the front and those heavy men would hold up against the rush that would be coming at them and their feet wouldn't slip but maybe the enemy would plus the enemy would run into those spikes and they were protected with their good shoes, their custom fit shoes. So so in a sense what Paul's saying here is he says, I want you, I want your feet uh, fitted and he describes this in another translation in the NIV with the readiness, with readiness, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so it's important to have good fitting shoes. As I was thinking about this and looking at this, I remembered when I was working in the lumber mill, and I went out to the lumber mill. I'd never worked in the lumber mill before. I'd, 
I wasn't too familiar with loggers, even though back in Western Montana, we saw loggers on the road. You don't see as many of them nowadays. It shut a lot of that down. But uh, in those days, there was lots of loggers. And many of the men that especially worked as loggers in the field, but also in the lumber mill, they had custom-fit boots. And they used to, and uh, there was a, a local uh, cobbler, you know, a, a shoe repair man, that would build custom-fit boots for the men. Or the man, him, the man also, the cobbler, would also order up what they called uh, white boots. And I, and I just uh, uh, Googled this morning, in fact, uh, about, about these boots, just to refresh myself. And there was a gentleman by the name of Edward White who built the first pair of boots in 1853. These are custom-made boots for work, especially for work, custom-made to each person's foot, they were also rebuildable, so when they wore out, they'd take them back to the cobbler and they, they rebuild them, put new soles on, new tops. They could take them apart, sew them all back up. And, but these boots were very, very comfortable. And um, now, I didn't uh, want to, or not, didn't necessarily didn't want to, I just didn't have the $350 that it was going to cost at the time to buy those white boots, those custom-made boots, and uh, but so I got myself some Red Wing Irish Setter boots, which which was the best that I could do. At least the soles were, were in the, where your feet fit were leather, and eventually, you know, uh, my toes, all the shapes of my toes, were kind of formed into that into that leather. And that's one advantage of the where they used to make shoes with good shoes with leather. Nowadays, it's all artificial stuff, and your feet never really do get fitted to your to your shoe and uh, but but the the idea behind it was is that a good a good fitted a custom fitted shoe is going to make you less fatigued and also for the in the white boots when you're working they're going to protect your feet when you're working and so it's so important even you know some of you uh, in fact my my wife Pauline is an RN uh, would look for really good quality shoes because she's on her feet 12 hours on a nursing shift doing all kinds of walking. Now, I know some of you walk. I know Ken. He always looks at how many steps he's taken dur- during the day uh, when he's moving parts around and uh, going off to the farmers. And, and uh, so good-fitting shoes, right? Good-fitting boots, custom fit is very important on the job. Well, in the Christian faith, Paul's saying, you need to, be, you need to have custom-fitted boots. Now, he doesn't use the word custom. I'm using that word. I, as I look at this, see that how God works in us is that he, he wants, he, all of us, each of us, have different shapes, shaped feet, different size feet, and a boot is custom-fit to that. Now, if you take that from, from, a, from a scriptural standpoint and look at the body of Christ, we are all unique. You are unique. You, there's only one you in here. And God, and God in his unique, graceful way, he wants to uniquely custom fit you with his righteousness and his peace 
to prepare you and get you ready to stand against the enemy's schemes and also to take the good news out and not be injured by the spiritual forces that will come against you in that battle. That's really that what, what, what Paul is trying to say here. With readiness, with preparedness, with equipment. Equipped, what with? The gospel. It is equipped with the gospel. Hmm. Now think about that. If you're going to be, if you're going to be with, have the readiness, the equipment, the preparedness of the gospel of peace, I want us to look first of all in this preparedness of the gospel. That the gospel needs to be spoken, preached, listened to, adhered to, obeyed, and that in itself, that preparedness of the gospel is God custom-fitting you to the ministry and the work that he has for you to do. And the way he custom-fits us, first of all, is that we're no use to him unless we know him. In our, in our, in our bulletin, we say, I want, we want to know Christ in this church, and then we want to make him known. It doesn't say we want to make him known, and then we want to know Christ. It says at first we want to know Christ, and Christ wants to know us. He wants to get to know us. He wants to let him know that he has his hands. He will take you on that wheel, and he will custom make you to fit his purpose for you. In, in, he wants you to fit into his system, into his body. We are unique in a sense as a body of Christ, all different, all various parts. And, and, and how many of us are really understanding that and willing to accept it, the part that he is going to put you in to make this body work like a well-oiled machine? Well, the part of the gospel is, yes, you have to know him. And so in knowing him, we have to have an encounter with the cross. We, all of us have to have an encounter with the cross. It was wonderful last week seeing Les and Jackie's neighbors come Les and Jackie have been visiting with neighbors in their community, seeing them come, and they were hungry for the gospel. They want to hear the gospel. They want to know that God loves them, and they want to be around others that love them. And they came and they were here, and I believe they were blessed. So the encounter, the very first one, is with the cross, and the cross then custom fits us to, to Christ. In other words, we're not custom fit to Christ until we come to the cross and experience a crucifixion. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and that makes me fit like a glove. And that belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness is all part of the cross. It's all part of fitting in and the equipment that God wants to put on us. But if we're going to stand strong, we have to have Custom fit shoes. And it's the gospel of the gospel with the readiness, the equipment of the gospel. So the, the gospel equips us with salvation. Now, in that salvation, there has to be a confession. See, we think we can fit into this gospel, fit into the, the life of Christ without confession, without change. But we don't fit when we don't change. 
We have to determine to change, make a decision to change, make a decision to conform. God's out there reaching out his hands. He's looking at us saying, come to me, all of you that are heavy laden and weary, and I'll give you rest. You will fit in here. I will fit you in. But you have to make the decision to do it. And you can turn him down. You can turn away. And you know people that have. And you know what? You're looking at one. Because I've done it before. I've done it. And I might do it tomorrow. I don't want to. But God says he wants to make us. And so we have to have a confession. When I looked at this, I uh, and asked him, God, God, help me explain this. Help me just bring this to people so it's not my words, it's your words. And I, I was reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 7. In far, as far as God forming us, in far as God giving us custom-fit shoes and the readiness in the equipment and the preparedness that comes from the gospel, and part of that is the confession and repentance and turning away from the way, God, well, the way we've been living to the way God wants to fit us into his kingdom. And in, in 2 Corinthians 7, Paul is addressing the fact that he had written a very strong letter to the Corinthian church and saying, you've been childish, you've, you, you've been immature, you're fighting, you're squabbling, and you've got to get over it. You've got to, you've got to quit that. And he, and he calls them he calls them to a confession, a repentance, a turnaround. And, and then he, when he writes in here in, in, in 2 Corinthians 7, he says... Um, in verse, in verse 8, he says, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, because he challenged them, I don't regret it. He says this, though, though I did regret it. You know, he knew that his, what he was saying to the people was strong and it was hard. But the shoes, the shoes weren't fitting right. They were, the, the equipment of the gospel wasn't right. It was off. And then he says, I see that my letter hurt you but only for a little while. It's kind of like a child. You know, it just bugs me when I see the way sometimes families raising their children now. They're having a little conversation with a two-year-old. What would you like to do? It's like, you're going to go to bed. Well, I'd, I'd like to watch the next show. No, you're going to bed. I mean, you don't say it like that. You say it nicely, but you say it firmly. And he was writing to these people, these grown-ups, and saying, you've been immature. And it hurt. It, it hurt. I know it hurt, but I don't regret it because it's going to fit you. You're going to be custom fit. You're going to have shoes that work. You're going you're gonna to wear that breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth around your waist, and you're going to march out strong in the Lord. And what's it hap what happens? He says, yet, now I'm happy, he says. It's only for a little while, but verse 9, yet now I'm happy. Why? Not because you were made sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry what? Because I got caught. You got caught. That's not going to change anything. You know how it is. You get your children come in there. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. No, I don't want to just hear a sorry. I want to see a change. Because you won't fit in with a sorry, but you will fit in with a confession. Honestly, <laughs> think about it. And so he says in here, uh, yet now I'm happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. 
It led you to change. It led you to say the gospel's right. The readiness of the gospel, the equipment of the gospel says I have to change. I have to admit that the direction I was going was wrong and the direction God's calling me to is right. There is such a thing. This way is wrong. This way is right. And he says, when they were, but because you, your sorrow, they weren't sorry, but they had sorrow. They were legitimately grieved. What did it do? It led them to repentance. It says, for you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. And I love this. You should mark this in your Bible You should keep this in your mind when you're trying to talk to people about the importance of when they come to get custom-fit shoes in the kingdom of God, that that there's a need for change. Good change. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. There is no regret when this happens. There is regret in sorrow, just being sorry, because he says in here, but worldly sorrow brings death. That isn't life. That's not custom-fit shoes. And then what happens when you, get, when you have godly sorrow? He says, verse 11, see what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness. What eagerness to clear yourselves. What indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. God wants to fit us with custom-fit shoes to protect us in this battle against the spiritual forces that will stop when 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 we step on a spike. They're able to prevent the spike going through. You won't get your feet injured. You'll be protected. Why? Because God fit those shoes on you. He gave them the right studs, the right thickness, the right strength to protect you against the enemy. And when you've done all you can, you stand. But it comes from the preparedness, the readiness, or the equipment of the gospel fitted onto your feet. Now, when you say, well, I want that, and then you turn to the cross, you give your life to Christ, he comes in, he changes you, he begins to form and fit you. You know what happens? It's, the, it's with the readiness of the gospel of peace. See, the equipment of the gospel, when it, when it is affected in you, brings peace in you. Now, when we come up against spiritual battles, the victory, the victory is, is when you have this peace in your mind and in your heart amidst all kinds of terrible struggles. I believe what Nikisa was sharing with us this morning about that piece of music written by Bach who wrote it after the loss of his wife when he returns home. And his wife is not only dead, she's already buried. And he was a godly man, what Nikisa was saying. And, and when he wrote that music, he, he expressed his heart 
at the beginning, it was hard. It was, it was, it was, it was, diff- it was having a difficulty. And then in the middle came some settling down in his spirit. The peace of God begins to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, like, like Paul, when he wrote to the Philippians, said, if you will just petition God, if you'll just make your request known to God, if you'll just tell him how you really feel, then he's going to bring a peace It's beyond all understanding. And we all uniquely fit into the body. Bark, who is long gone now, but the ministry that God formed through him of the music is still here with us and it blessed us this morning. He wants to use you in a different way. And, and he tells us that, that uh, we're to make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We think we can just get, you know, pull wool over people's eyes or pull wool over God's eyes. No, I'm not saying that I'm up here perfect. I am in Christ. But when God reveals something and says the shoes don't fit quite right right now because you got off, then correct it, make it right. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. We can do that in the body. When we are agreed to with one another to be prepared, have be readied, have be equipped with the gospel of peace. When you find what fits you, you're also at peace. Just briefly say about this, just the fact that when we come into the body of Christ, the, the Bible does talk to us about there all being different kinds of parts. Not everybody's going to be up here like me preaching the gospel. I didn't go out looking to say, I, I want to be up front preaching the gospel. I just felt called to preach the gospel. I felt, and they said, well, that's where you need to be. You come up front and you speak. Wasn't looking for it, but God has equipped me, and why not share it? And that blesses everybody, I hope and pray, and draws people to Christ, but also for you to see where do you fit. Well, you say, I don't really know. Well, then go to God and say, God, I, 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 want, to be, I want to have custom-fit shoes. I want to fit into this army. I, I, want to, I want to know when I walk out of here and I walk into battle, I'm, my feet are going to be protected. I'm going to be protected. I'm a little nervous about this. And God does that. Sin has to be gotten rid of. I've got a stuff, bunch of stuff here. I'm going to leave this here maybe for another message. But we, we have been fitted like saints for a work of ministry. And that's what he wants to, to, to do to you. He wants to fit his people for the work. In, in, the, in the book of Philippi, in the Philip's uh, translation, in a, out of Ephesians earlier in this letter, where, where we're told in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and we, we often quote this verse, where the, where the gifts of ministry, like the pastor and the teacher and the, and the evangelist, is to, is to equip the people, that's you, prepare the people, that's you, for a work of service, that's putting the feet on that fit and getting involved. And the Philip's translation says that, his, um, that the Christian 
might be properly equipped for service. That's what what this ministry is about this morning, that you might be properly equipped for service. In Ephesians 6, he's making absolutely certain for you to know that you've got to be properly equipped to stand against the enemy. And as I said earlier, it, it, it's, it gives you strength to stand when you have peace in your heart and your mind. When, it, when your mind is guarded by peace. And I'll just, I'll just you know, for the sake of time this morning, I'll just share this with you. Now, when I was, I just was uh, down in Denver this week, went down there for meetings and I was amongst some just amazing servants of God. Just, I, I was the least experienced in the room. Uh, I still contributed to the meetings, but I was so blessed to be around folks. But I was nervous about it. Now, I, I know that I shouldn't get nervous. I shouldn't feel insecure about it. Um, but I had a hard time sleeping. That was anxiety. Anxiety, that's not the peace of God. That's me worrying about me. That's worrying, me worrying about what I'm going to say or what I'm going to look like, how I'll be received. Do you ever feel like that in a meeting? Do you ever feel like that in a church service? You know, I don't want to get into a Bible study because I don't want it revealed how, much, how little I don't know. Now, some people might want to go over here. Now, let me come over on here and let me show you what the Bible says. Well, I, I want to have a little caution to them because they might have to deal with a bunch of pride. You know, but what I'm saying is, is that this week, I realized as, as I'm looking at this about having custom-made shoes so that in the, in the setting like I just flew to, like I flew to down in Denver, to be part of a great ministry that I was part of there for three days is that how much time did I spend in the gospel being prepared and equipped and ready with the gospel of peace? So in the setting, I got up at 3.30 in the morning, maybe it was 4 o'clock, got on my knees by the side of the bed and just asked, Lord, I I can't sleep. And this isn't right. I need your Holy Spirit to come and just comfort me and assure me that you're with me. Because, Lord, I really want to sleep. And then I did fall asleep for a couple hours. So I'm not up here saying that you just walk around. I walk around all the time with these custom-fitted boots and always, always been, you know, full of the peace of God. No, unfortunately not. But God has given us the, the, the equipment, and he's given us the way, and he's given us each other to encourage each other to stand together with our boots on, with our shoes, and maybe, maybe you need to look down at somebody's shoes sometime and just say to them, Hey, listen, can I, your laces are undone. Can I help you tie them up? Looks like your shoes don't fit too good today. What's going on? And an opportunity not to condemn, but to encourage, because we're all in this together. We are an army. We are soldiers. 
God wants to, has to wear this belt of truth. He wants to wear the breastplate of righteousness. He wants to shod our feet with the, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And we're going to look at taking up the shield of faith next week. I trust that you this week will listen to the Holy Spirit and want to change, be desirous of change, and truly do what they did in the, in, in, in the Corinthian church, were diligent, they were, they were ardent, they, they, they said, I don't want, I have godly sorrow, and I want to turn away from the life I've been living, and I want to change, and I'm going to do all I can to change, because I want to be equipped and be prepared for when the day of evil comes, I will stand my ground. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that Satan wants to disrupt our walk of faith, our walk with the Lord. He wants to discourage us, cause us to question, get off the path, hinder us, put stumbling blocks in our way, persecution and trials in our way, challenges in our way. But Father, When we're custom fit with the preparedness, with the readiness, with the equipment of the gospel, we stand strong in peace with the peace of God that passeth all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.